Full women trickling in, and that's completely fine. You guys have a nice whiteboard up here for notes. That's cool. Um, this breakout session is teaching biblical discipline in the home. And so the speaker for our session today is Amy Davis. And you guys have seen her a few times already um, through worship and Um, She was on the singleness panel, things like that, but she is married. Amy has been at Snowbird in ministry here since 2001. She serves here with her husband, Spencer, and they have three children, Alani, Knox, and Jed. And Amy really has a heart for biblical discipline because entering into motherhood was a huge adjustment for her in her life. And so she's really passionate about sharing with you guys simply because it's a process that the Lord is still taking her through and she's still learning um, what it means to be a mother and how do we biblically instill godly principles into our children. And so she's going to come today and share with you guys a few of those principles that you guys can take home and apply into your families as well. Um, Amy also has a blog that she often keeps up talking about biblical motherhood, and that is mavisdavis.wordpress.com. So she would love for you guys to check her out on that. You can keep up with some of the things that the Lord is teaching her in their home. Again, that's Mavis Davis, M-A-V-I-S-D-A-V-I-S.wordpress.com. So Amy, if you want to come on up. Wow, and it's always humbling to not have a guitar in front of me and use a microphone because I don't have anything to hide behind. So you guys get the best part, I guess, today. Um, I'm going to start off, um, obviously I'm going to pray um, just to focus our hearts together and my mind just to calm me down a little bit. And then I'm going to introduce you to my, I guess, my little... Where am I? My little kids, they're so awesome. So I'm praying. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for the privilege to um, to just share your word with these ladies and moms and to allow you to use just such hard times for me to encourage them and that we can encourage one another with your word um, that heals and gives us boldness and strength and um I just thank you so much for the opportunity to share and ask that you would just um, help keep my mind focused and just girded with your truth and uh, um, allow this time just to be fruitful for these moms who are in here this morning. Um, Thank you, Jesus, um, for the opportunity. In your name I pray, amen. Um, Well, first of all, uh, like Brittany said, my name is Amy. I've been here for a long time. My husband is actually Spencer. He, well, he was in the skit last night. He was the Jesus in the skit. Well, Jesus in the skit. And he plays the bass over here. Um, We have three kids. We've been married for seven years. And we met in college, actually came here to Snowbird. At the same time, we were really good friends all the way from college on. Um, We've been married now for seven years, so I wanted to show you guys pictures of our kids because you'll see how hard it is for me to discipline these kids because they're so stinking cute. So first um, is Alani. She's she's four. (laughs) And then she, and this is Knox. (laughs) She's our spicy one. And then Jed, um, he's the... He's just a little lover boy. He's awesome. Uh, he's got a little rat tail 
right now. You'll be able to tell him. He's really the only little boy down here who's not like fully, fully blonde. Um, on the uh, basketball court, you probably see all the little kids out there playing at lunch. So um, anyway, those are my kids. And um, our kids are really close in, together in age. Um, I was married when I was 27. So we had kids really quick. We just did. Who knew that happens? And yeah, so it was a surprise. <laughs> and um, I can remember I had Alani and then I got pregnant with Knox. Um, I found out I was like way ahead pregnant, like two months pregnant when Alani was six months old. So I was having like this nervous breakdown at Red Lobster. We'd gotten a gift card and I was having a nervous breakdown. And Alani's sitting like on the end in like her car seat, you know, and Spencer's sitting in front of me like... And I'm just like, I just didn't know it was going to be like this. And he said, Amy, what did you think it was going to be like when you said you wanted to get married and have kids? And I said, I just thought it would be like hanging out with Kilby and like doing crafts and fingernails and stuff. She was seven at the time. That's Brody and Little's little girl. And so, yeah, I was a little caught off guard with like, what do you do when you do have kids? So we knew really quick that I needed to get some training on this topic. So the Lord actually provided um, a really awesome opportunity for us and a lot of uh, my friends actually at the a very timely well, it was just very timely that a friend of ours offered to do a parenting class at the Women's Enrichment Center for a couple of us um, that fall, actually. And we all just ate it up. So it was a TED trip class, and it's called Shepherding a Child's Heart. And it's just a great beginning to get some disciplines and figuring out kind of how... I'm going to talk about some of the things that he shares in this book. And if you ever have opportunity to take a Bible study if you're a young mom, um, a parenting class by Ted Tripp, thumbs up here. We really like, I really like him, and a lot of my friends really like him. He has some just really encouraging things to say, very biblical um, leadership in that area. So before I can really discuss disciplining our kids, I'd like to first take time and look at our own lives um, because our lives are to be an example to our kids, obviously, um, in how they should obey, how they should um, function within our family. And so um, I wanted to give a second for us to just think about our own lives um, and how are we actually um, pursuing Christ in the right way. Um, In the morning... I try to remind myself of the gospel, and sometimes that is at, I know this is going to be really funny, but sometimes that's at 8 o'clock, and sometimes it's at 9, so it's really hard for me. <laughs> Actually, I'm just making a joke. If you didn't catch that, my kids sleep in till 9 o'clock every day, so I'm really spoiled like that. So, um, But I have to remind myself that obedience is my heart issue, and it's not a behavioral issue. It's not a behavioral issue towards, that my kids are doing, it's a hard issue in that they don't know Jesus. And so they aren't going to respond in situations the same way that I should respond in situations because I have Jesus in the Holy Spirit in my heart. So first, I just wanted to remind ourselves of the gospel and that we are all born into sin. None of us in this room have escaped it. We are all fallen, broken people in need of a savior. And so 
Nothing inside of me wants to obey God but the Holy Spirit. And so I must have the sin problem fixed that only Jesus can do it. And like I said a few seconds ago, like I have the Holy Spirit and you have the Holy Spirit. And so even though I have the Holy Spirit, I still have to fight my flesh against laziness, complacency, just like selfishness and just junk that just clouds my perspective of Christ and his, you know, ultimate plan is for us to be one and to be on the same page. And so with that said, it's, it's, it helps me to recognize just to have more compassion on my kids because they don't, my kids are, you saw, they're like four, three and two. They don't have the Holy Spirit to guide them as, as what I do. And so that's my job right now as a mama is to help them and nurture them in a way that acts as the Holy Spirit in their life. They don't have it. And also they don't have, you know, 34 years of life experience to go along with that. They're two and three and four or whatever. So first, I know Sarah did a phenomenal job this morning on parenting, and we've kind of touched base a little bit. I stopped by her house this week, and between her kids and my kids and the screaming and the movie playing in our living room, I think that we kind of tag-teamed some of the issues that um, we wanted to share and talk about this morning. But we both wanted to share this, the verse in Deuteronomy. Um, if you could put up Deuteronomy 6. Yeah, it's like 4 through 9, too. But hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words that I command to you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Um, I also wanted to read another one um, that we're going to talk about a lot. is Ephesians 6, um, verses 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. And this is the first commandment with a promise. You honor your mother and your father, that it will go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So as you can see, those are commands that we have to follow, to bring them up in the instruction, obedience of the Lord. Um, I wanted to um, go ahead and read, if you can put up um, Acts 5. Um, hold on, I'm sorry. I think it was like verse 29, maybe. I thought I had it marked here. Oh, I do. I'll make sure it's the right verse. Um, yeah, 20... And 28, we strictly charge you to not teach. Um, this is when Paul was being brought um, before the council. Um, I mean, Peter was being brought before the council, and they're telling him, you do not need to, talk, to teach and preach and stuff. And the council says, we strictly charge you not to teach in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with all your teaching, and you intend to bring this 
this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed, by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. And so that's one um, verse I wanted to share about just obeying God to the scriptures. And then there's another verse, First John 5, 1 through 5. Um, it starts off with everyone who believes that Jesus Christ has been born of God and everyone who loves the Father loves whatever has been born of him. And by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commands. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world but this is the victory that has overcome the world in our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? And so some of the things I'm going to share with you guys um, in the next few minutes are going to be culturally um, going against the grain, like going a different direction. Because our culture would want to tell you that you want to be BFF with your kids, you know. You want to, like, be chill and, like, host all the cool parties and that all of your friends are going to, all your kids' friends are going to want to come play at your house. And you're going to be, like, the cool mom. But the Bible tells us that our responsibility is to train up our children to obey God, to cultivate hearts that are soft, ready to receive the gospel when that time comes. And so those are our responsibilities. So... How do we do this? Before I talk about discipline, because I know that's like the big word up here, um, I'm going to encourage you guys with building a school in your house. I'm not talking necessarily about homeschool, but I am talking about building a family structure of a school that teaches your children their responsibility within your home. How to wash and fold clothes, how to cook, what their chores are, what their reasonable acts of service towards their family is. And you'll talk to them about just what you expect of them. Um, with our kids, um, you can put, I don't know if you have Exodus 22, but I mean, that's one of the commandments is obey your mother and father. So when we, um, when Alani was really little, we would teach her mama, daddy, obey. Those are like the first three words all of my kids learned immediately um, that we would try to teach them. Because obedience is like the biggest thing that they can do as children that will help to shape their perspective of authority as they grow up. So um, can you read Proverbs 1, 7 through 9 or just put up there? I'll read. Um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hear, my sons, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Um, those are things that you want to teach your children. I'm right now just reading that, and I've got a picture of my little girls doing their hand motions to that verse. It's just really kind of cute. But I'm trying my best to like teach my kids like their responsibility is to obey. And that I can take them here to the Bible and show them you need to obey. This is what the Bible says, and here's where it says it. And you know we love Jesus. And this is also where it says mama has to obey Jesus. So we're talking about that in our house normally. Just normal conversations. 
And we were talking about um, responsibilities that they have towards our family. Like my little girls, they can um, take their shoes inside and put them in their closet. Now, that's a big deal for a three-year-old. Like yesterday, I said, Knox, take your shoes inside. And I hear thump, thump, thump. And I look inside, and she's just throwing them up on the steps. And I was like, Noxie, is that where your shoes go? She goes, no, ma'am. And I was like, where should your shoes go? Upstairs in my closet, side by side. Well, why didn't you want to put them up there? I don't know. I was like, well, we need to, you need to obey mama. Go put them where they be- belong, you know. Because she knows what's expected of her. And then she needs to follow through in what she's capable of doing, you know. I think sometimes, too. It's easy for me as a mom to put too many expectations on my kids, you know. So, like, I'm an artist. I'm real artsy-fartsy or whatever. So, it wouldn't really make sense for me to make my living room a better homes and gardens picture of everything wall-to-wall white, matching white curtains and white carpet, and have a four-, three-, and two-year-old. And then want to give them a really cool treat and give them a red Capri Sun. That wouldn't be fair to my kids because if they spilled that into the living room, I'm going to be so aggravated and frustrated. I'm not cultivating an environment where they can thrive in our home as a family. And for a long time, I I was so confused by that because I thought, this is my home and they are going to do, they're going to be in my family you know, instead of us being a family together. Now, I'm not saying that we have monkey bars in our living room or anything like that, but I'm just saying, like, I'm trying to create for my children a place where they feel relaxed by not feeling like I'm being OCD if they drop things here or there or track in sand or track in whatever because they're just little kids and, and they don't... Um, they don't think or process things the way an adult who has to clean that up does, you know. So my responsibility is to teach them. Teach them. You need to clean up these things. This is how you can do that. But right now my kids are super tiny, so they can only do things like put their shoes away where they belong, put their toys away where they belong. So we communicate our expectations to our children um, Daily, all the time, we're constantly giving instructions to our kids on what to do. And one thing that I found is really helpful if you have small children is not to spout out five things to do, but to do maybe two things, come back to me. Two things, come back to me, because they'll just forget it. Even though they're capable of doing, like, the five different things, like putting your shoes away, putting your clothes in the dirty clothes, using the bathroom, brushing your teeth, and getting the bed, I'll be up there in a second. There's things that can distract from point A to the next, and you guys know that. So um, I want to be able to create a, a time to just have realistic expectations on them. And so in our home, we have basically three rules right now for our three little kids. And the first rule is obey um, mom and daddy. And we read that verse in Galatians 6. Can you put up Galatians, uh, Colossians 3.20? another one because we can take our kids to these rules in the bible united front with christ to say this is your responsibility as a child children obey your parents and everything for this pleases the lord so it's not just my authority because i say so it's like god told us to do this you have to obey so that's what you have to do this is what i have to do and so there they must obey it pleases the lord And then our other rule is don't lie. 
That is in the Ten Commandments, okay? Um, and then our other one is showing honor. I think you can read Romans 12, where um, the verse where it talks about um, outdo one another and showing honor. Um, setting too many rules um, for our home just starts being cramped. And I know it's kind of like a sneaky way to, like, instill other rules, you know? It's like, don't touch the computer. What? Obey mama. <laughs> so, like, it really covers a lot of really cool things. And you're just, like, um, able to kind of get yourself out of a situation where you're constantly saying, no, 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 no. But providing an environment where you're teaching them God's word by saying, obey your mom and daddy and everything for this pleases the Lord. And sometimes it might be okay for them to go outside and play. So they say, can we go outside and play here? Sure, go on. I'm going to be outside. But other days, it's not going to be as cut and dry. So they have to learn to obey me in the decisions that I'm making versus just the rule keeping. Does that make sense? And so we want to make sure that at a young age, even now, if you have older children, that you're trying to cultivate hearts that are soft to respond to Jesus' love and the love for other people. Not just keeping rules, not just setting up a chart and saying, all right, these are your chores for today. And then you get, you know, a big giant chocolate bunny, you know, because then they're just going with the chocolate bunny. They're not going to want to participate with the family. Keeping their responsibility is what they need to do. So we're trying to establish a right respect for authority and not a kid who's freakishly OCD about keeping rules and wants a sticker every 10 seconds because even though you forgot where you put the roll of stickers, they're never going to understand that. So um, I wanted to just kind of preface that about creating an environment. And um, I think about um, if you have a dog and you have one of those invisible fences that's kind of like dug down in the ground, you put that collar on the dog, they are in instinct going to want to go. Because they don't see boundaries, but they're going to feel that shock, right? Well, after a while, they're just going to go. No matter if they're shocked or not, they're going to figure a way how to chew off the collar. They're going to figure a way to dig underneath the fence. They're going to figure it out because it's their instinct to go free and to run. So what you would have to do is figure out what's going to be, what are they going to want more Hanging out with the family and playing and getting treats and having that attention or running free, you know. And that's the same with our our children, if you can think about it that way. Like, if you're creating a home that your children are enjoying being with you because you were awesome, you're their mom and you're their dad. If you can create that environment to where they feel loved and they feel um, just encouraged and and when they're real little, you've got adventure and excitement. And you're, even though it's exhausting, I mean, that's like our role. That's what we're supposed to do. Cultivating that home. So where they're not wanting to just dart off to find something else. And as they get older, you'll expand those boundaries. And you'll be able, their kids will be growing up. And so they'll be able to respond in a way that's healthy for your family to grow. As your family matures together, not just chasing instincts to just buck up under authority or just run, or even if it hurts, to just keep going hard, far, far, far away. Um, I hope that makes sense. Um, so one thing I wanted to include in teaching your kids, there's um, one of these really cool pictures that Ted Tripp shares in his book. Uh, he calls it the circle of blessing. I think that's kind of a little 
weird sounding, so I kind of renamed it to be like a Circle of Family Fellowship or something like that. But um, basically, um, if you can see, I'm just going to do a little stick figure here. You've got this little kid, right? And everything's right. He's obeying Mama and Daddy. He's doing everything that Mama and Daddy says to do. He's enjoying being at home. Then he rebels or decides to disobey. So let's say this line represents disobedience. So disobedience. So this puts him outside, right? Outside the family fellowship circle. It's very sad and upset. This is a frowny face with tears. Okay. So what um, he talks about in his book and is a really awesome picture to think about is, for instance, when a child disobeys, then they automatically mess, um, disrupted the circle of fellowship. So they're put outside the fellowship. The only way this can be restored is through discipline, putting them back into the right amount of fellowship, right? And this is the similar, you know, parallels our relationship with Christ, when we sin and rebel against God, what happens? We have to repent and be restored back to God. To be back in that right fellowship with the Lord. And so it's an awesome picture if you can think of it like this. trying to And making sure that you're distinguishing the difference between dropping Kool-Aid on your brand new white couch as being a childlike thing. Or looking at you and saying, no. You know? There's a big difference between being childlike and just their kids and they're going to want to play in the sand and they're going to track it in the house when they got to go to the bathroom right in the middle of the sandbox time. So you're just going to have to suck it up or I'm going to stomp sand in the house. The big difference. So we have to make sure that we're recognizing um, the childlike behavior or just being disobedient. And then we have to have age appropriate Lines of discipline in correcting the child to put them back into the right fellowship with the family. So, dun, dun, dun. This is where the discipline comes in. So, I'm going to walk through about four different ways um, of disciplining your small child if you have a small child. How many of you guys have children in here like five and under? Raise your hand. Yes. How many of you guys have children in here um, five to 18? Sweet. Okay, this is going to be great. How many of you guys in here don't have any children? You guys should pay attention and make notes because this could be super helpful for you. I wish I had done something like this before I had kids. Okay. Um, first of all, we're going to talk about spanking because I feel like um, spanking gets a bad rap. I mean, it really does. And I think it's because, number one, people do it out of anger and frustration, which is just B-A-D. Don't ever do that. And number two... It's not done properly. It's not done with the focus to be restor- restoration with your, with your family. And it's not done with the perspective of our hearts being restored back to Christ. It's not done correctly and it's not done properly. The actual activity or follow the actual spanking isn't done in the right way. So we're going to go over that. I'm going to talk about a little bit about natural consequences. Removing privileges for um, your kid and then... Even a little bit about timeouts. Um, timeouts are, I think I'll start with that. Um, they're really super helpful when you're in bad environments where you can't necessarily spank your kid. So 
you're not in a spanking free environment is what we like to say here with my friends. You know, if I'm at my friend's house and my kid disobeys, we just go to the bathroom and nothing is said about it. Everybody knows what's happening. If I'm at the grocery store, I don't want someone calling help services because they misinterpreted, you know, my whole day and my child's personality and meaning to spank them. So we have to be very wise in how we actually use spanking, but also be wise in how you're using timeouts. Because if your child isn't responding to timeouts or they like alone time, which my little girl, um, Alani, the four-year-old, she loves just playing by herself toys and not having knocks and jet grabbing things from her. So to put her in timeout is more like, I'm so glad you decided to do that. You know, I have to, you can't bother me. I'm over here by myself. So you have to rec- you guys should know your children and your, their personalities enough to where they will be able to, you'll know which one of these, um, tools of discipline would be most effective for each child. Um, our goal obviously is to cultivate a heart that willingly and joyfully obeys. I know that that sounds so weird, but it is possible because our children want to please us. They love us so much. They want to. They think we're the awesomest. And I've taught my kids how to say, yes, mama, you're awesome. I'm not ashamed of that. (laughs) They think that we are awesome and, and God has put us in this position to help mold and shape them. And they want to submit to the authority. Okay, and that's why our hearts respond so quickly, you know, whenever we've been cultivated um, by the word and we are, we begin to disobey or see our own selfishness and flesh just played out. And, you know, if you're so close to the relationship with Christ and you begin to see that selfishness, you recognize it because your fellowship is so special to Christ in your relationship. Does that make sense? So, so what we want to do is not create resentful obedience. Okay. You're wanting to create joyful obedience for fellowship within our family, you know, not resentfulness where they're like a dog running with that neck thing, um, collar, just shocking them, you know, just like enduring it till they turn 18 and then they're out of here. Um, so we want to, um, cultivate that, um, Spanking is a foundational method and most biblical method of um, disciplining your children if done properly. Um, so I'm going to read some verses here. Um, I kind of got tickled on some of these. We, um, you know, I, a lot of the moms at Snowbird right now are in this phase of like seven and younger. So it's always just like a common topic that we have going. And so some of these um, verses... In reading them in different versions just kind of cracked me up a little bit because I'm, re- I'm remembering just my kids reciting these and stuff. So I might giggle while we read through it, and I'm sorry, but it's really important. Um, can you put up Proverbs 22:15? Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. So, yeah, it's just foolishness. Can you read um, Proverbs 23? 13 through 14. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. That was always funny. Okay, Proverbs 12. Um, Did I give you the verse on that? Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. I don't know the reference for that. I didn't. 
I don't have it right in front of me. Then Proverbs 19, 18. Discipline your son for there's hope, but do not set your heart on putting him to death. Can you go back to that other verse, that, the Proverbs 12? I wanted to read that whole thing. I wanted to, Or the one that you had up before. What was the one you had before? That one, yeah. If you strike him with the rod, you will save his soul from shell. That's hell. So it seems super dramatic, doesn't it? It's like, oh my goodness, I could save my kid from hell if I spank him. So, um, I mean, that's what basically the Bible is telling us. Like if we can help shape and mold our children, then they will have a heart soft and ready to respond to the authority of God and his word. They will be ready to obey God's word. So it's just awesome. So over at the Davis Nation, which is located past the paintball field, um, we have a house out there. That's what we call our house. Um, we have a couple of different methods of discipline. I'm going to go over them with you. Um, at about six months old, we start flicking our little kids' hands if they start disobeying. And it's not a really hard flick like in middle school where boys would just run around and go, like that. Um, it's just like a flick on the hand to recognize, oh, that's really uncomfortable. Oh, that's, that's obvious. They are not wanting me to do that or touch that or whatever. So we start flicking their hands at like six months old. And every time we do, we say, no, sir, you need to obey or no, ma'am, obey. No, sir, obey. No, ma'am, obey. And that's just a little prodding, you know, with the rod at that age where it's not like spanking them on the bottom or anything. It's just a slight reminder of that's not what I need to do. I need to go back over this way. Then about 18 months to about five years, old <laughs> or whenever they obviously it depends on the situation but so far our kids alani turns five in june and so at this point we still give her spankings when she um disobeys um and obviously it depends on the the um whatever it is that she's done obviously so we need to use wisdom whenever you're um, applying these methods but what we do i'm giving you an example when alani was about I guess she was probably three. That was early. She just turned three or whatever. She got into a really big thing of saying no. It doesn't matter what you would ask her to do. She would just look at you and go, no. No. And shake her head. And, um, and we were brushing her teeth one night. And she did not want to do it. And so Spencer said, why don't you stand up here on the stool and I'll brush your teeth. And she stood up there and he went to brush her teeth. And she said, no. He said, no, Lonnie. And this is, this is kind of what we do. We calmly talk with it and we give them an option. Okay. If you choose to not let me brush your teeth, you're choosing to get a spanking. Do you understand that? She just stood there. And so he would say, now, you have to obey daddy. Let me brush your teeth. She would say, no. So he gave her a warning. Then he, he had to take her off the stool. And what, when we spank, this is what we do. Um, we get down on our knee like this. I won't get on my knee since you can't see me. We get down on our knee and we have our kids like right here in our arm like this. Like they're standing right here where the microphone is. And then like this probably. Then we have a spanking spoon. as a really lightweight wooden spoon. You're recording this, right? My kids, they're going to come take my kids away tomorrow, I'm sure. <laughs> and we, we sting them on the bottom. 
Now, we practice on ourselves, bam, you know, right here on the thigh of our leg just to make sure that you're not hitting your child with a piece of wood, but you're trying to bring a smack or a sting, the similar, like, sensation of, like, flicking their hand when they were little, just on their bottom. Um, And you've already explained to them, if you're not going to obey, you will get a spanking. They've chosen this. You put them around, we put our arm around them in a hug position, and then we spank their bottom two times and then they cry and we're already in a hug so we're just holding them for like 20 seconds and then we pull them back and we say all right now what just happened i didn't obey are you going to obey now yes sir okay let's pray so then we pray and then we begin our restoration process in this specific instance with the brushing your teeth the restoration process was proving her obedience before we could go play or do whatever else, we, you know, the fun part of restoration. So she had to go through with brushing her teeth. So she stands back up there. All right, Lima, brush your teeth. No. She does it again. So he said, you realize if you choose to say no to daddy, you're choosing to get a spanking. No answer. So takes her down, spanks her again. We did that like seven times. She was so just like strong-willed and just like every time she would started to grit her teeth like she was just going to take it just like no and she would get madder and madder and eventually she broke and eventually in that moment I saw my little girl's heart recognizing our leadership and authority and it was just such an awesome picture of like me and how often I look at God and I say nah not doing that you know, even in that specific situation, I mean, Spencer and I were like, what are we going to do? And, you know, like the second time he looked at me and I was like, I guess do it again, you know, and we're like, okay, she does it again. And he looks at me, you know, we're crying at this point. And we're just like all three crying. She's just mad and crying, you know? And, um, but it was such an awesome picture of like her finally breaking and just thinking, God, thank you so much for breaking her heart over his stupid brushing her teeth and not down in Atlanta selling her body on the street. Thank you so much that we are working in this right now, that you are forming and shaping your heart so God doesn't have to get her attention in a harsher way later in her life. I mean, those are the parallels that we're driving here. And it is real. I mean, when it says If you spank your children, you will save them from death. I mean, what a tiny little thing. She'll barely remember that, but her heart will be tuned to obey us, you know, and trust us as parents. And so that was like monumental to us and just watching that. And, and, um, and yeah, she brushes her teeth pretty consistently now. (laughs) Um, so, yeah, that's just like a really cool um, example of, of that when she was really little. And, you know, we've gone through that with all of our kids. And it's harder the more kids you have because they see what the older ones get to do. And it's harder to, like, give that isolated attention for that isolated event. Um, but God allowed us to see that with our first child of how important it was and how important it is. And so that we are able to continue that. And so that was a really awesome blessing. I'm very thankful for that. The opportunity. Um, now, um, wait, what was one other thing I was going to say? about? Oh, yeah, about, like, the natural consequences 
Um, there are other times, like uh, my little boy Jed, it's really funny, because he he obviously gets spankings too, but his consequences are a lot of times um, natural consequences because he is just not as like, I don't want it, smart is not the word, okay, that's not what I'm saying, but like he's more like wants to test the boundaries and like having a little boy, it's almost like he's got to find his like man strength or something, right? And so I'll, I'll have my cup of coffee and he'll say, I want some. And I'll say, you can't have any of this, buddy. It's hot. And he'll say, I want some. And I'll say, all right. So I'll let him drink it. He'll go, hot. You know, and he'll, he'll burn a little, not, obviously, it's not scalding hot or anything. But he'll recognize, like, the natural consequences of not obeying my mama is getting hot, burned or whatever. And then another one um, that he does is uh, um, in the shower. Like, he's really big on, like, one, you like play in the bathtub and stuff, but um, I always shower the girls off, any long, whatever, family um, preferences or whatever. doesn't really matter. But so he'll be in the bathtub, and then I'll, I'll say, okay, buddy, I'm going to turn the shower on so you, you get you out so we can dry you off and we'll shower down the girls. And he's like, no. I'll be like, all right. So I'll turn on the shower, and he's like, ah, 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 you know, and like, so then he like hops on out and he's all crying and stuff. I'm like, you got to obey mama. You know, we got to get the showers done and this is just part of it. And you know, this is what happens. And so there's some things that are like natural consequences of things that are going to happen and take, take place. But then there are things like teaching your children to look both ways before they cross the road. And every time they disobey you, we go through this process with my kids because the natural consequences of letting them play in the road is getting squished by a car. And that's not a good natural consequence. So you got to weigh out those things, you know, as a mama, which is why being in the word is so important. It gives you wisdom, wisdom. Okay. So, um, yeah, next I wanted to kind of talk about, uh, my age or my kids are like two and three and four years old. So I understand that like, there's a lot of things that, um, spanking, um, is like our main form of basically discipline right now because that's the age that my children are in. So we always do that um, with consistency. Um, we give one warning with no threats. We don't say, and I'm guilty of this. I mean, I'm driving in the car. Jed keeps unbuckling himself, and I'm like, Jed, you can't unbuckle yourself. You have to obey Mama. And he just keeps doing it. Well, the option is pulling over the side of the car and getting him out spanking him, which I've done two or three times. But still, in my mind, I'm like, ah, I don't have time to do this. So, I mean, I'm constantly having to, like, you know, go through this process in my mind. It's not something that I'm like, oh, here are my awesome children, and they don't get spankings anymore because we've applied these processes, and now they are just awesome. So um, that is not the case at all. But just a couple of key more, a few more key things. I'm just reminding them and yourself that we must obey God as we give out these disciplines. Like it's our responsibility. So you can't just say to your kid, "Ah, I'm going to have to discipline you. I don't want to, but I have to, you know, because that's like really gives mixed signals to your kid. But you want to say, I have to obey God. And God tells me that I have to do this. You have to obey me. And so these are just the natural ways that we are learning how to function in our family and to obey God and to show honor to the Lord. And so as many times as it takes, do it. Because they will respond um, in a way that is going to cultivate their heart for the gospel. Now, 
Um, obviously, I'm not in a spot to where I can say, oh, well, yeah, when you hit six years old, you don't have to spank your kids anymore. Because that's not the case. I mean, I mean, I remember I changed a grade on my report card and I, when I was in se- seventh or eighth grade. And I got a huge whooping, you know, from my dad. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure there's situations that will come up that require spankies, but it's going to be less and less and less as they get older. Okay. So one thing you want to make sure is that you are aware of your child growing up at the same time. You know, you don't need to be spanking your kids when they're 13 years old. That's kind of weird. You can get it's weird. Okay. So I wanted to also, my kids, obviously I just said that are really little. So kids that are older than five, um, now, what do you guys do? You know? And it's like, is everything lost because I didn't spank my kids when they were three, four, and five years old? And that's a lie. I just wanted to start off with this is a lie, okay? All is lost. I have failed my children. This is a lie. I have kids that are 14, 15, and 16. I failed my kids to this point. I failed them, okay? That's not true. It's not what we're talking about here. That's not what I want to translate to you guys at all. Because the Lord has called you guys to be the mothers of the children he has entrusted you with. Be it stepchildren, adopted children, children, you obeying me, which is your responsibility in the Lord. And some of your children may not even be Christians. I didn't become a Christian until I was 15. But my parents still raised me with biblical principles. You know, I was still aware And so these things could be just a really awesome bonding time for you and your family and restoration. Um, And then finally, I wanted to talk about um, restoration in that, not just the spanking time that I talked to about little kids, but even just in establishing, you know, confession to your children about possibly, you know, not disciplining them as often as you should or just letting or just being slack on stuff. Not even necessarily that you've done anything wrong intentionally, but just the lack of communicating with them, the lack of being involved in their life. Um, It's just talking about how after all of that confession is cleared out and you've repented and we've prayed, then it's time to restore. And that is like the most awesome part of this whole thing is after the discipline and the suffering and the um, beating back into submission um, is the restoration that we have. And it's such an awesome picture because this is us in a relationship with Christ. And then we're restored. And I so often forget this. Like, it's easy for me to be doing the dishes, doing the dishes. What? No, don't do that. Oh, you two hold hands and sit right there and don't move until I tell you. Dishes, 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 dishes. All right, that's good. Time out. You're good. Go play. You know, it's easy for me to spout out stuff like that and then not totally like invest the time in restoring the relationship and the fellowship both between them and even with me. And so it's best when the fellowship within the relationship of the parent and child is at its peak. Um, that is when restoration is just such, so sweet. So I wanted to read even of the prodigal um, son story. I'm going to read here out of um, Luke um, 11 through 22. Okay, I'm not going to read all of it, but um, there's a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, give me my share of property and that is coming to me. Want it all now. 
And he divided his property between the sons, um, and the other son left. So many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country who sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. He was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to himself, when he came to his senses, I guess, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I would perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe. And put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf, and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this was my son, my son who was dead and is now alive again. He was lost and is now found. And they began to celebrate. Our hearts are full of sin. We can't help ourselves. For years, just like God's people, um... Just like us, God disciplined his people and then brought them in and out of captivity and he killed them. He gave them over to other nations as slaves. Um, He gave his own beloved people as slaves. And then he sent Jesus, his, his son, who lived in perfect submission. He felt the full weight of sin but didn't buckle under it. Then... God tore open the heavens and poured out his wrath and justice on him. And he killed his own son to prove how much he loves his people. And then he raised him from the dead. And he conquered death. And he became the first fruits amongst the dead. And then he restored our relationship with God. And then he restored his own son By taking him away into the heavens, back to where he is glorified, in the throne room of his own father. And so, they celebrated in heaven. And the prodigal sons, you know, came home. He humbled himself, and he confessed what he had done wrong, and he came home, and they celebrated. And so... (laughs) Sorry. This is such a sweet picture when you can, like, zoom out and just think about my little tiny kids being one day prayerfully glorified in heaven with Jesus, you know. Just really overwhelming, but um, I wanted to read this out of Galatians 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, Born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, 
God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a son, but a, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, an heir through God. And so God's whole plan for us is restoration. Our families are created to reflect so much of God and the Trinity and like the fellowship that they have. And our, you know, marriage is such a picture of Christ and his bride. And um, so much of the Bible just of God setting up the world isn't an accident. I mean, everything parallels just redemption, redemption, redemption. And so... I get really overwhelmed in thinking about that, but, you know, thinking about when my kids obey, celebrate, 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 have fun with your kids, enjoy them. They are a blessing that God has given to us. And so to just kind of push them aside to do my own things and then just kind of yell at them off to the side and not engage and participate in disciplining them goes against God's word. Because we aren't participating in a way that reflects God redeeming us. See, and so it's so important that we do this biblically in order to teach our children. This is what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus. We're, we're redeemed. We'll celebrate, you know. And so I have... Really nothing else to say about that, I guess. But um, I brought some books up here that you're welcome to look at and get some of the titles off of. This one is called Loving the Little Years, Motherhood in the Trenches by Rachel Jan Jankovic. And then I have an Elizabeth George book up here about raising a daughter after God's own heart. And then the Ted Tripp book. So I just wanted to encourage you guys. I'm very thankful for this opportunity um, to get to share with y'all. I'm sorry I cried a whole lot, but it's just really cool to get to, to do this. So. I'm going to pray for us, and then um, I'll be up here if you have any questions or anything. Jesus, just thank you so much for this the privilege that we have to gather here and just to be taught by your spirit and your word. We're so thankful. And I pray, God, that you would just encourage these moms today and even this whole weekend just to be... Um, refreshed and renewed in their perspective to just push hard for the gospel in their homes, to push hard to be obedient to your scriptures, and you will show yourself faithful in these circumstances. We love you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen.